Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you would like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So where we left off, we were at the Echo Projects and we had just seen Katow kind of wheel and deal his way into getting three specific individuals to go and investigate and see what information they could find out about a gentleman named Little in the Echo Projects who resides there. And where Katow was currently at, he had his car parked in a parking lot that was on the east side of the projects facing one of the buildings. It was a project that the day before, the evening before, he had gone to kind of scope out and kind of get a vibe of what was going on there. And Lenny and Valentine were both walking towards the building on the east side of the projects. Now, before we cut to you two, let me describe kind of like the building and what it looks like and what you're seeing as you're going up to it. So each of these buildings and the projects are identical there's one on the north, the west, the south, and the east, and you guys are walking towards the one on the east. They are about 16 stories tall, and they're made of like red brick, and they have about 10 windows that go along the longer side, which you, Valentine and Lenny, can see as you are walking across the street. You can also see both of you on the building that's on the south side, the side of a building, and the side of these buildings only have one window for each of the floors. Uh, You can see on some of these windows on the long side that you're walking towards are open. Some curtains are kind of like hanging out. You see some have very unstable looking window mounted air conditioners that seem to be held by very thin metal brackets or by string or by simply just having a square in the window cut out and cardboard filling it in. And you can see that the top of each building has what looks to be like a shed on the roof. Like, so if you look up the 16 stories to the top, you'll see that it looks like there might be like kind of like a fence that's like waist length or a little higher than waist length and like a shed like building that is almost as long as the wide side of the building. And you can't really tell though quite how big it is. You can kind of just see the silhouette of it on the top of the building. Uh, These buildings, it's currently dark right now. Uh, The weather is starting to become humid again, even after that rain that you had and still the rain that is the water that is collected on the ground. There's still that humid feeling to the air. And when these buildings kind of like stick out like ominous fingers from the earth and there's a full moon that is currently in the backdrop, that's kind of like even providing more of illumination on these buildings. Uh, You'll see as you're walking up to the building that there are street lights that are on the left 
and right of it that illuminate parking lots that are also on the left and right that you assume are for people who reside in these projects. In front of each building, there is about a cement concrete walkway that's about 50 feet by 50 feet and leads up to double doors in the center. And you can't quite make out what is beyond those double doors. And you also see, and can tell this is different than when you were here the previous night looking, you kind of see more of a presence of people that are in the front. You see that there's a group of about five individuals who are residing around one of the first floor windows, like the windows open and they're just kind of like sitting there and uh, you can hear like music that is coming out. And as you guys are getting closer, Valentine and Lenny, and you can also kind of hear it too, Katow sitting in your car with the windshield rolled down, like the, the din of bass that is coming from music that's coming in and the sound of voices. It's, it's like a, it's its own ecosystem that resides within these projects. But you see these five individuals that are by a first floor window, but they don't look as much as like they're there loitering or hanging out. They look more on edge a little bit. And you see that there's one individual who's standing, has these baggy, like dicky shorts on and some flip flops and has like a basketball jersey on uh, an African-American individual who has a kind of like a shaved head. Looks like he might be in his late teens, who's like standing there uh, in fr away from the group, about 20 feet, kind of standing on the concrete, that, that patch of concrete that I said was in front of the building. You see random homeless people or younger people that may occasionally walk up, hand them money. You see him whistle. And you see the person that handed him the money will walk around to the side of the building, which you guys can't quite make out from the angle that you're at right now. You know, we had earlier in the last session where you stated that, you know, you had told Valentine to like be on, be, you know, Lenny, when you spoke to Valentine, you had to mute the phone and you kind of pass that information to him. That was happening in the parking lot right before you cross the street because the parking lot that Katow currently is in is for a rent to own place. This rather large rent to own establishment that usually takes advantage of people who are of low income, you know, charging them excessive interest rates to rent like furniture, TVs and stuff like that. And so there's a rather large one that that Katow is in the parking lot currently of that's across the street from the Eastern building. Valentine and Lenny, we left off. You guys were using Mask of a Thousand Faces. Can you describe to me what you guys currently look like at the moment before you cross the street? I kind of look like, uh, I guess I'm playing a dwarf, looking like a homeless person. I've got my hood drawn up. Uh, can Mask of a Thousand Faces, can I give myself a beard? Does that work? Yeah, we rolled it and you're successful. You can, you sure. can give yourself a beard. You can make yourself yeah. look like a race you want to look like because you're mentally imposing an image on people's minds when they see you sure gotcha thank you so i yeah like a, a tiny homeless person big beard hood up face looks kind of gruff and dirty i guess i look a bit older kind of person that you'd look at for a second because of you know his stature but you'd probably quickly try and avoid eye contact with now is he african-american or caucasian or what race is he at the moment uh i would i would go african-american okay um all right. And what about you, Lenny? So he's um, got like a like scruffy kind of like look on his face, you know, the beard that's kind of like half grown, not not uh, not clean, just like that, that thick layer of like grime and sweat where like he looks like he hasn't bathed in a while and just like matted hair. You know, that's kind of like um, not really long, 
but still like just just unwashed kind of look to him and uh just very uh weathered you know whenever someone has seen a lot of like they're but they've been outside a lot they've seen a lot of sun and and uh wind and everything just kind of like weathered down kind of look to us to his uh appearance definitely like life has like taken its toll on him so mm -hmm. <clears throat> you both are looking like like the role the the roles that you've said the homeless people you guys are on the curb of this parking lot about to cross the street what do you guys want to do from here what, what what's going on um with you two can we speak to each other without being overheard from where we are? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like Katow, he's parked in the car like about 40 feet away. You know what I mean? He won't be able to hear you too. And definitely the people across the street. Cause right now you guys are looking across the street and that's where like the projects start right there. So they can't hear you over there either. And they, frankly, they don't even probably notice you because there's a lot of homeless people that are kind of in vagrants that are on the side of town. Well, he, Kytel probably hears because remember he has a phone open yeah. with a phone call that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like ongoing. Yeah, he might he might be able to hear us muffled a little bit. Um, but I'll just kind of look at uh, just kind of look at Valentine, and just be like, okay, what's our approach here? Well, we're looking for this guy, so you want to just come out and ask, or yeah, let's go up. Do do you want to take the lead? I, I feel like my height's not going to be conducive to <laughs> the situation here. I feel like. You know, I'm not going to be taking this seriously. Okay. Sure. I'll follow your lead. See if I can. Yeah. All right. So I'll um I'll kind of like hunch my shoulders a bit and just kind of shuffle across the street, not yeah. like boldly striding or anything like that. Just kind of adopting a uh, a stride that is, you know, not threatening or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm going to okay. affect the limp as well as I walk on my left leg. Just a slight one. Katal, you're sitting here and you're watching these two figures like start crossing the street. You both walk across the street with Lenny in the lead. And as you step off the curb and you start, you know, look both ways for traffic to make sure cars aren't coming, you feel your feet kind of like crunch on the blacktop. And you notice, especially I would say you both notice, but you more so, Valentine, as you are walking across the street, you see these little gel cap little containers that are shattered like they've been ran over multiple multiple uh amounts of them have been ran over by cars you see like little plastic color tops and you realize lenny when you see is that these are crack vials or that were like handed out to people you know that they have gotten rock from and that have just been lost in the in the streets of northern minneapolis here and as you and you see like rain is kind of running along across you know as you're walking the street you see on the other the gutter across from you like rain water is still like trickling down and you see just like debris and trash that's kind of like traveled its way down there and this is like something that you really haven't like witnessed as much valentine and lenny you probably have yeah. but this is more so than you know usual and as you step over the curb onto the cement that that is in front of the first project building you both step over it you get this sense of like tension that's in the air you know like you can feel like like almost like you know how people say like you can cut the tension in the air you just kind of feel that at this moment when you step on there you feel like an electricity in the air it's not something that's palatable it's not something that you could probably even articulate, but it's just this eerie feeling that you have, like almost like a odd feeling, a deja vu in a way, but not that you quite 
not that you felt you've been here before, but it just brings up this sense in you that like you haven't quite felt before. And it could be, you know, simply the fact that these projects are intimidating. The fact that they are these four large buildings that within them hold who knows what. And as you're sitting there contemplating that, as you, as you step on there, you see the figure who's standing away from the group of five in the cement. He kind of looks at you and you see that he's illuminated by one of the, the lamps that are, are lighting the front of this building. And you see that he just kind of second is like sizing you two up. And you see then his body language like relaxes a little bit. Like he just kind of like, you know what I mean? Knows what you're there for, which I would think would speak volumes because you guys look homeless right now. You kind of like hear the noise of people around there. You assume that homeless people are around here, but you can see that like when two figures cross the street, at first, this figure felt on edge, and then now he feels relaxed when he's kind of able to make out the 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 shapes and the, the the appearances that you guys have. And as you get closer, he like looks for you for a second. He's like, "What you what you motherfuckers want?" Yeah, so I'd be approaching him directly. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow you just slightly behind. I'm going to be kind of looking at the ground, and I'll be mumbling to myself a little bit, just you know, kind of like someone talking to himself or talking to whatever around him. Um, okay. Uh, I, uh, I'll respond to his question with, uh, Hey man, what, uh, kind of look around like conspiratorially. What you got, man, man, we got that H and shit. We got the rock. You want the, I got that WMD rock. You need that shit, man. what do you want? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. What, how, how much, how much I, I got, I get you, I got you 20 bucks, get you like two rocks, good size rocks, man. You know, you get two the rocks, good shit. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I'll take out like some money and I'll make it obvious. Cause Again, remember, I got a couple hundred dollars there. I'll make it obvious I got some money, you know, a little bit. I'll make some cash. I'm just kind of showing it to him yeah. and just hand it over the 20 and then, like, put that in my pocket. Just going to be like, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, is this is good stuff, right? It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Give me the 20. I'll get you your shit, man. I'll just kind of pass it over, like, underhandedly. And he takes the 20 from you. He's like, and he, like, nods his head over there. And you see him, like, puts his, like, two fingers, you know, pinkies in his mouth. You hear this whistling sound. And he's like, walk over there. You get your shit, man. And he like, then he like steps like two feet away from you, three feet away from you. Like he doesn't even acknowledge that you're there anymore, you know? And, and he uh, points to the side of the building. I'll look down at uh, Valentine, like, go get your shit, man. Go get your shit. My eyes will kind of widen. And, and because I'm hungry for blood at the moment, I guess a little bit of that's coming through at the same time. Uh, so <laughs> kind of limp over quite quickly. I'm just kind of, kind of get a little bit closer to that other guy who just kind of took a few steps back, but let him walk off, and then however, whichever side you want to do first. Yeah, let's go ahead and do. We'll do Valentine first. So Valentine, you're walking along the edge of this, walking along towards the left side of this building, and you walk past a group of five people, and you can tell they're not even like really acknowledging you, but you hear talking as you walk by. Can you give me a perception and alertness roll, sir? Difficulty six. Five successes there. As you're walking by this group, you're starting to feel that predatory nature of you rise, you know, that instinct because you need to feed and you see an opportunity now like to feed, you know, like, like you, whatever's around that corner is probably going to be some way to sate that hunger. And you know that this was a gift that was given to you by Lenny. Like, like Lenny is giving you an opportunity to go there and do what you need to do. And he's like standing by here. And so you start when like each step that goes along that building to that corner 
that you're going to turn, you're starting to feel like more instinctually tied to the darkness around you and to that side of you that crept along forest and that survived on its own for all those years without even being found before you were even found by anyone. And you're starting to feel that now. And like along with that comes more of awareness of your surroundings. You know, like you, you feel your feet like step in the grass and, the, and, the, and then in the grass that goes along this building that this dead muddy grass and you like feel like the, the moisture in the air around you, you feel like the brightness that the moon is, is illuminating around you, but also your hearing is starting to become fine tuned because you're waiting for any sign of this meal that is waiting around you. And as you're walking, past these three people you start or these group of five you start hearing like tiblets of conversation and one you hear is like you know it's like what's up with motherfuckers butchering us man now this motherfucker now little has us out here all on guard and shit because motherfuckers are killing us like leaving us all about and i don't even know who this motherfucker is man and now i gotta stand out here all fucking night like pretending like i know what to fucking look for and here's like dude shut the fuck up man shut the fuck up don't be questioning shit you know what happened to you like fucking last winter you don't want that shit happen to you just do what the motherfucker tells you and you hear him go yeah man but i don't and then they could talk about some motherfuckers coming here again i hate when this shit happens man not only does this motherfucker have us out here like i can't be getting no pussy or any shit now i gotta watch out because some fucking white motherfucker is gonna come and visit him and, he, and he's like dude don't be talking that shit you know that fucking little woman is white and he's like and you know his mom's is white too and shit he's like i don't give a fuck though man i'm scared man what do you want me to say you don't feel that shit you don't feel fucking anytime that these motherfuckers come here and visit us and shit like you don't feel on edge like man i want you know what i want to do motherfucker i want to get on a bus i want to get the fuck out of here i'll go to Chicago, I don't, I'll go see my cousin. I don't give a shit, man. Now I gotta stay out here, and I don't want to be out here. I'm fucking scared, man. What the fuck you want me to say? And you, you hear another guy go, "What you want me to say? You, you want to end up like T? Because that's what you're gonna end up like." You know what the fuck's going on now, man. Someone's after us and shit, and you you can go for that, or you can piss you can piss little off. It's your own fucking choice, man. And you hear that as you like, you hear the voices like fade off as you walk around the corner. And as you make your way around the corner and right in front of you, you see like this kind of like the grass keeps going and you see like this, this area, like this park area where people are barbecuing and you can actually see like on your immediate left, like there's a parking lot that has like all these different types of vehicles. You assume it's a parking lot for either the building that you just walked around or the building that is currently like a little further ahead on your left there, that, which is the South, uh, the South projects building. But you also see ahead of you, like this huge, courtyard that's like about 200 by 200 feet you can't really make out too much what's going on here but you see people and you hear noise but what's really drawing your attention is the side of the building that's to your right now and you see that there's this metal door that is on there and you see that's propped open like a foot like there's a rock there that has the that has it propped open and you see on this brown metal door a sign that's like kind of been screwed into it that's like white with red letters painted on it, it says grounds keep for groundskeepers only and when you walk and you're starting to read that, you see the door prop push open a little bit and you see someone come out and they're about 13 years old, 14 years old is your guess. You kind of see like they have baggy jeans on and they have like this dirty wife beater on and you see like it's an African-American kid and you can see like his hair hasn't been cut probably like in a couple months and you see he has like these dirty like sneakers on and uh you see him look he come he looks at you then he like motions for you to come over and you see that he has like a packet like a little pack in his hand there like he's waiting the hand to you okay i'll um shuffle up to him with my limp quite quickly and uh when i get to him i'll stick my hand out 
really quickly with the palm up stretched and just stare at him. And you see there's a moment where like this kid is is off put by you. Like there's a moment where like he tries to like put on this this false sense of like machismo like he's trying to show that like he's not afraid of you like he's there to fucking make money and you could kind of hear behind him like like distorted sound from like a movie or something playing from like the speakers of like like some electronic thing you're not quite sure and you, you and when you look like immediately behind him you see like a metal staircase and a concrete floor and you you sense there's like maybe an area to the left that you can't quite make out and this kid's is looking at you. And this is an uncomfortable moment where you're looking at him with your hands out and he's looking at you and you sense his fear from him. And I need you to roll me a self-control roll, please. Difficulty floor. Four successes. So you see the, you feel the beast shackling up, but you're able to control it. You're in, and, and maybe it's because this child reminds you of you, you know, being youth at one point or whatnot, but you have your hand out and the kid like drops this vial in your hand. And you see like, there's like two rocks and there's one of those gel caps that you saw that had been destroyed in the street earlier. And he's just like, there's a second where he's looking at you and then you see him like turn around and he like starts heading back into the door that was propped yeah. open. Um, just quickly, is there anyone else around that's seeing this happen? You uh, look around and you really don't see no one knows it because you, as you're like looking, you kind of realize there's a lot of human human movement that's in that back courtyard. You know what I mean? And you, you can kind of realize while you're standing that you're almost like an ant in an ant farm at this moment. Like, mm. like you're really not like sticking out anywhere because there's a, a, a sea of people that, you know, I'm not saying there's hundreds of people, but there's definitely people that are walking on the side of these buildings, other homeless people that you've seen, stuff like that. So you're not really standing out at the moment. Sure. Okay. And um, the other question I have was uh, uh, near the door, is there anywhere kind of like, you know, garbage bins or dumpsters or anywhere that? That's a good question. Uh, there is actually, as you like look behind you in that parking lot, you see that there's a green dumpster in the parking lot there, like where people who reside in these projects can take their trash and dump them in. There's actually two rather large ones. And you assume that this is where like garbage trucks will come and no load them like that okay so as the as the kid turns around i just want to i'm basically just gonna jump him so by that i mean like leap on his back and push him forward so that his head hits the ground so as you turn as the kid turns around you come upon him and you just shove him now uh you don't have potence as a discipline do you no okay so and what's your strength uh two Oh no, well he's a kid too. I'm just I'm just curious. So you, you get behind him and you just start like pushing him in into yeah. where the door is. And you see, like he gets shoved against the steps that are right in front. And you see him turn around for a moment and you're like right on him. And he you see he looks scared. You don't get him quite down on the ground, but you pushed him against the you know what I mean? Like you come in there, push him from behind. He like like goes forward and like hits these steps, the side of these steps, and he turns and looks at you. And as you step in there, you see on the left where normally it would just be concrete and there's nothing there. You see like two like like plastic like like picnic chairs that are sitting there and you see another kid his age like looking up at you like like what the fuck and he has like an iPad like that's in his hands and you see like underneath him there's like a brown paper bag that looks like it's full of something and there's like a pistol that's underneath there. And you see him for a second he's like just looking at you seeing this homeless guy in there. What's your what do you want to do guy? Like what are you trying to do here? You're like two feet inside the door right now, yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll drag the kid in, and I just want to s try and slam that door shut as quick as possible, and then I'm going to do what I can to take these two down. 
what you can do is because you're inside the door now, you can just kick back with your foot and kick the rock out and the door will shut behind you. That was propping yeah. the door. Sure to that. You know, and, and as you do that, you kind of hear the door close and you hear it echo because you realize these steps go like 16 stories up. You know what I mean? They're like these great metal, great steps. And I will say this. Mm-hmm. I will say if you're, uh, you, what are you at right now? Three blood pool points? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll say if you spend two, well, you spend two that bring you up to four, I'll let you overpower the one kid. Okay, but this is going to make it hard when I feed. Yeah. But but by this point, you know, like you were saying, I'm feeling like I'm back in the forest. These these guys, I don't see them as kids. I see them as nutrition, basically, uh, like the animals I would have fed on when I was younger. And, yeah, I just pump pump the remaining blood i have into my strength to overpower them so you can pump two you have to have at least one blood pool point in you right yeah so i'm gonna need you to give me a self-control roll difficulty seven right now one success okay so you like sit there and you push him in you see this other kid but like you said you see nourishment right now and so you just all of a sudden feel like that it's this this adrenaline rush that just like starts pumping through you and you just feel like you will yourself you will yourself to overcome you will yourself to like become the predator and you and you go and you like as a kid turned around and is like looking at you as he starts turning around you just like push all your might into your fucking hand you slam his head against the metal side of the railing that is on the steps you see him crumble you hear like this crunch and you see him crumble down the ground you turn and you look and you see the kid he's just holding this ipad for a second and and he's like you see him for a second just like look at you and he just like like tries to throw this ipad at you for a second to like as a last little desperation forgetting that like these assholes who have him like handing out drugs to people and giving this pistol that he probably doesn't even know how to use or he may have used, but he's not even thinking it right now. He's just instinctually thinking this to put something between you and him. And as he like throws this iPad at you, duck out of the way and you just leap on him and you come up on him. I feel like I need to make you roll one more self-control roll difficulty seven. There are success. Zero successes. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. You can either let the beast come out or you can spend a willpower point and get out of there. But I will tell you this, if you spend a willpower point and get away from there, you're down to one blood pool point and you are around a bunch of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not resisting what's going on right now. I'm not fighting it. I'm just thinking about feeding. And we're going to cut back to Lenny. You so are... he walked away. I get a little <laughs> bit closer to this guy. Mm-hmm. And he, you see for a second, he's like looking, there's this uncomfortable moment and he's just like looking at you and he's like kind of sh- shoes you a little way, like give space between you and him. Hey man, hey, hey, hey! I got, I got, I got a question. And he looks at you like, "What?" I'm looking for somebody. Yeah, so, and and I hold up that that cash that I'm holding that I had in my pocket. And you see a moment that like, how how much cash did you, you had? A lot, didn't you? You got a couple some hundred. Yeah. You see for a second he's looking at you for a second, and he's like, you see him look at the money, and then you see a predatory look cross his eyes for a second like you see his demeanor change and in a way in a fucked up way you know that look because that look is like what is your you know what is in the core of you right now like of of what you are and you see that cross over his face for a second as he's looking at the money looks at you he's like and so i just i just want to talk to somebody named uh little man just want to talk to him and if you can if you can like make that happen and i kind of gesture a little bit like with the cash like towards him man who 
motherfucker, you what? And he's like, who the fuck you? Who the fuck are you even? Why are you asking about him, man? What the fuck? Hey, man, I just I just want to talk to him. I heard he's I heard he's the guy to talk to. All right, I, that that's all. I got I got something that I I think he'd be interested in. How about this shit, motherfucker? You give me that money and you go. You don't want to be waving around money like that around these parts, motherfucker, because that shit's going to be soon departed from you, white boy. Now, how about you give me that fucking money and you go back to where you came from? Okay, so uh, I want to step up a little bit closer to him, like right up in his face. And uh, if I can, like just grab his arm tightly like before he can like move or anything like that, just step up, grab, and just say, say what? And just like really holding him tightly like painfully so not not like breaking anything but you know just gripping and you see like a look cross his face from like arrogance that predatory looked to the look of prey and you just see like his 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 demeanor starts to crumble in front of you and he's like who who, man what and you see him like he's like looking around you see him look for i just want to talk to him can you help man and you see him like he's like he's like he as i was saying that yeah with the other hand i want to like hold up the cash like between me him and me you know like right between us you know we're like just real close one hand like holding onto his arm like right yeah, on yeah. his forearm and the other one just holding up the cash come on just tell me where he is give me a manipulation and intimidation if you could difficulty six please two, two successes. Successes. Right, hold on one second i'm gonna make a roll here Okay, so you do that, and you see a moment where, like, you sense like he's trying to like will himself not to be intimidated by you, and then he's like, and he like just kind of like motions his head backwards, and he's like, he's over there, he's over in that one man, he's in that building. Don't fucking tell him I told you, man, man, give me that fucking money, dude, give me that fucking money. He's like, he's trying to like, I I hand the cash over and just like tell him what. (laughs) He's like, don't tell him I told you, motherfucker. Go get out of here, man. You can't get me fucking killed, motherfucker. And then I'll kind of just kind of shuffle away. All right, and you're you're shuffling away towards like the where, where I take it Valentine went. Oh, you're, you're you're oh okay. Nice. I'm just gonna get a look while I'm a, I'm not gonna leave the area, right? Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. You're just kind of um, like looking. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for Valentine to like return. Okay. If he returns, <laughs> like I'm thinking, you know, he's just gonna go over there. And maybe he's gonna get some eating. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he's just gonna grab this crack, come back, whatever, and then like I'm gonna. We're, I'm gonna kind of just back away, kind of take a look at this other building, observe, and wait for him to return. So as you, you know, you kind of leave this guy here with the money. You just can tell by his body language he's confused. You know what I mean? Like he's like doesn't even know how to react. But you can also tell he's like turned his back to like the five people who are like like 40 feet away who are like hanging out by that window, and he seemed like trying to count the money without them noticing it. And you walk towards the right side of this building and you kind of look and you see like there is like a green patch that goes north along the side of the building that you're currently at that kind of has like a sidewalk in the middle. There's a parking lot that it, that you saw before when you're crossing the street that's to the right. And then you see the other building that is on like the northeast side there. Like that's in front of the parking lot and you see like this building is just like the projects before but you're standing there right and you're on this and you're in this on the cement right still at the edge of the cement in front of the building that you originally went to looking at this other building 
And when you're looking at it and you see like the moon come over, like, like be down upon it and you stare at this building, you kind of like are starting to get sense with this feel, the, the feel with this like sense of dread almost like, like you feel that, 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 that tension that's in the air. Like you're looking at this building, you see like just how large and ominous is it, it is. And you, and you start realizing that, like that you don't know what is within here and that you, compared to it, you're just but like a fleck of dust, you know, but not saying it's going to affect how you act, but you just realize staring at this, like at this building, it's almost like a tomb in a way and that you don't know what lies within it. What's going on in your head also when you start, like when those feelings start traveling through your head. Lenny's a, he's a Bravo. He, uh, he puts on this facade of, uh, being always, you know, unshaken by any sort of fear or challenges. So like nothing like that would ever show. So no. he internalizes it. Yeah. Like whatever whatever feelings he's always feeling, he he tries to maintain this like I said, this facade. It's not it may not be real. He has emotion just like anyone else, but he doesn't he doesn't like to uh let anyone see what he perceives as being weakness. Definitely. Definitely. So this looking at this building, you know, he's not like he might have this little bit of like unease but he's not going to be like he's just going to shove it aside and focus and just kind of i don't know uh look for signs of activity you know uh just quietly observe for a little bit and i'll be listening to see if i hear or see occasionally sh uh, shifting my glance over towards the uh other side there if uh valentine's returning yet so give me a perception alertness roll difficulty eight if you could please um, can we say I'm using Auspex? Yeah, we can say that, and we can lower the difficulty to six. I would be uh, in this circumstance looking for all this activity and trying to hear for him returning. That's uh, three successes. So as you're staring with a sense of unease, and I love that term that you used, unease, because that's what I was trying to convey, you know, that you're seeing from there. And you're looking at this building, you for a second just really start to internalize that feeling. And you start to push outward your senses and you find that like when you like close your eyes for a second and just focus on what you hear, you, you, you realize that you are getting sensory input from almost like, like, you know, you slowly look at the ground and you like turn your head and you, you know, you're kind of turning your other way and you're almost like using your, 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 your ears as like an antenna, seeing what you can pick up. And you realize that from like your left side, like this, this almost like this, this, this sonar wave of sound is coming from, you hear like music, you hear loud voices like, Hey, motherfucker. You hear like kids crying. You hear a yelling husband, like smacking his wife. You hear like some, like, like, like cooking. It sounds like coming from the back courtyard. You hear like laughter. You hear like people like, you know, trying to, you know, bloviate about like conquest. You hear cars starting, you hear like, door slam and you hear like windows like being slid up and people screaming for their kids and you're just like sitting there focused and then you like turn your head slightly down and you like take your left ear and you try to like focus your hearing on that building and you realize that from the din that surrounds most of these projects that that building is almost quiet it's not as loud you don't hear the signs of life you don't hear the signs of children you don't hear the signs of 
of of of violence you don't hear the so- really the sounds of too much there it's quiet in a way now is it like eerily quiet yes but it's not like deathly silent you know but it's definitely that building gives off a different wavelength than the other three does that make sense yeah i guess so in a kind of way it's like like you said unease yes it's unease and it's not like it's not as volatile as the three other buildings you know the three other buildings in reality are very dangerous spots for a lot of people death drugs violence but from that building you're not hearing the sounds of that and that maybe even will add to the sense of unease a little bit okay so i'm gonna wait there for a while okay valentine last thing you remember Mm -hmm. is rushing towards that kid and now you're looking at a wall and you just see a crimson spray on the wall and you don't for a second you're like you don't realize where you're at you, you don't understand what's going on you for a second you're like 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 it's like when you were a kid and your mom and dad would leave you at your grandma's house when they would have date night and you'd go sleep in her guest room and you'd wake up for a second you would not realize where you're at you'd feel that little sense of panic like where am i and then slowly the picture starts like coming to life around you but maybe coming to life is a bad term to use because there's death right now that surrounds you. You're on your knees and you look before you and you see like the one boy who threw the iPad in a last desperation attempt is laying in front of you and there's a huge gash in his neck and his blood is pooling behind him and you see his lifeless eyes are staring at the ceiling and you look down and you realize you see your knees are like in this puddle of blood. And there's a second where like you think for a second like oh where's that other boy he might be alive he might be running and you look and you turn and you see and you see that other boy his throat is ripped out on the foot of the steps and you see blood is 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 pouring from behind him too like the they almost make like a t in a way with their corpses and you see that like on the wall there's like a bunch of blood that has been splattered across and you're looking you see like your handprints all over the place of blood and you realize now that like you have gorged yourself uh you can go ahead and give yourself mm, we'll say you're full on your blood right now and i need you to give me a conscience roll please difficulty eight that's a bunch you lose a dot of humanity what does that bring you down to four four you lose a dot of consciousness what does that bring you down to (laughs) one one damn and you're gonna have a derangement now when the scene's not on you we'll have you look over a derangement and then when we touch you you know when we touch on you again in in this session you can tell us what derangement you chose so you're there right now in this scene and there's a moment a realization where you realize that your phone is in your pocket Mm -hmm. and that Katal might have heard this on the other end so we're gonna cut to Katal real quick Katal Mm-hmm. You're sitting in the car, and of course, everything that you're hearing is muffled. You can't hear distinctly like the tr- the the conversation. You can't hear like any of the really the vocalizations. You know what I mean? You can hear a little bit when he was talking to Lenny when he's across the street. You can hear a little bit about like Lenny like talking to someone. You assume it's like some kind of you, and you could see them by the way from your car. You know, like you're sitting in your car right now, windows rolled down, ignition's not started. You know, it's it's there's no light in there. You're sitting in the parking lot looking across the street and you assume that you're hearing some kind of like trade for drugs going on. And you see Valentine walk along the the front of the building and goes around the corner. And there's about like a 30 seconds to a minute where you don't hear anything. 
and then you just hear this like guttural roar like the sound of like inhumane like like a cry of pain almost like like a like a like something that can only come from like the most hunger bowel pit of your stomach and your soul and you just hear this come and you hear like this like a muffled screaming sort of but it's almost like there's not enough time to scream and then you just hear this like loud like slurping sound and you just hear and then all of a sudden you just hear it stop and it's quiet and you don't hear anything all right we'll cut back to you valentine valentine you are on your knees right now staring at these and you feel as you look down upon them you feel mm -hmm. no remorse you feel like this is the predator that you are. This is how you survived. This is what you must do. And you feel sated, which even makes it more of a feeling like this is how it has to happen. They're I just mean, prey. You, they're prey. And you didn't put them in this situation, right? Someone else put them in this situation. What are you doing right now? I'm just <laughs> kneeling. I'm feeling kind of, I've got the elation of just having fed, you know, the thrill of the kind of kill. Um, for a, a brief moment, I think about how young they were, but it's out of my head pretty quickly. And I kind of rationalize it in my head, like, ah, oh, these guys would have, yeah, they were already criminals. I don't, whatever. Um, right now my concern is, I guess, hiding them. I mean, I'm not going to be able to hide the blood, but I'm thinking, I'm looking around where I am. Uh, is there a space under the stairwell? Yes, and that's very good that you mentioned that. There is a state, uh, a place under the stairwell. Okay, I'm just going to drag one with each hand just under the stairwell. I'm not even going to try and, uh, you know, disguise the scene of what happened or anything because that's just going to be futile. I just want them out of the way so that anyone looking for them is going to have to look a little bit harder. might buy me a bit more time. Yeah, and in, I'll, I'll say that you go ahead and do that. You, like, pull them each by their arms. You hear this sliding wet sound as you're dragging them along, and you come like under the stairs and you see that there's like a mattress there it's like two like little mattresses there with like pillows and you see like there's a couple like change of clothes and it doesn't take you long to realize that this is probably where these guys slept sure. you know you see like some snacks and like some boxes of cereal and stuff like that as you set them in there what's going on in your head when you see that I'm kind of thinking man these guys aren't, aren't that different from me so it's kind of like me, but at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, the, the rationale for Valentine is it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Like, you know, could have just as easily been me. So I don't really feel, like you said, I don't feel any remorse beyond a slight uh, empathy, I guess, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can kind of relate to this situation a little bit. It's not like a, oh, no, what have I done thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you weren't given the option, right? When no. you were ripped from your, your, your when when you were ripped from your existence and made into what you are, this is just how the world works. You know, this is this is this is just what you've been born into. And in a way, I'm sure it's very easy to pass the blame. Like it's not your fault; it's Roman's fault for for killing Ophelia and having you come here. It's not your fault. You're just here trying to fix it, you know. And this just happens to be a casualty in a war that's much larger. And then either of these two kids probably realize. Definitely. Here's what else I want to do as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hide them under there, maybe throw some blankets and clothes on them, pile them up. But um I wanna check the kids to see what they had on them because if one of them had crack on, I'm assuming he had a bunch more stuff. 
Yeah, you find that under like you find in the in the commotion, like in the chairs that are tipped over, you see that brown paper bag that you saw originally underneath there, and you look in there and you see a bunch of vials of crack, and you see like that pistol that was underneath there too, under the chair, but in their back area there, you see like there's some baggies of of dope of heroin that are also in another bag, but you can kind of tell that like the profits right now aren't really probably being made. With, mm. with with heroin, but also you see a bag of like this 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 substance that you don't recognize, but it's like crystals, but it's like different colors of crystals. Uh, it looks almost like crack in a way, but more more crystallized. And you see that also in another brown bag there. And you see like maybe like a total of like thirty dollars in cash that that has been like wrapped up in a rubber band there. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to I'm gonna remove my clothes and put on some of the spare clothes there because obviously I'm going to be covered in blood. What I want to do is grab one of the dead kids, the one that opened the door originally. And as I look at his face, I'm going to use mask of a thousand faces to turn myself into or give myself the appearance of this guy. All right. Manipulation to perform is difficulty seven. Oh man. I should have used willpower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You should have. So you look like how you looked. Before you used Mask of a Thousand Faces the first time. Do I think I've changed? Yes, you think you've changed. Okay, cool. So I'll put it down. I'm going to tuck the pistol in in the front of my underpants so that it's visible. And I'm going to reach into each bag of drugs and just shove handfuls of each one into my pockets. I'm not going to take the whole lot, but that. And... Yeah, um, and then I'm gonna go, go start to the walking door. around. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna peek the door open and look out to see if I can spot Lenny. Well, you got to walk around the corner. You know what I mean? Because you're on the side of the building. Oh yeah, sure. So sure. you got you got to walk t- towards the east a little bit, and then you'll see on your left whether Lenny's there or not. Okay, I'll I'll do so. I'll prop the door open so I can get back in if I need to though. So I'm gonna give you one out, and you better mm-hmm. hope that Lenny rolls good. So Lenny. I need you to roll me a perception alertness roll difficulty six, please. Is that with the uh, aspects? Uh, that I was... With the aspects, I'll make it difficulty five. Three successes. So you're standing there. You've had that where you're doing checking out the area, and you turn around and you look because you're like starting to wait for Valentine. You're starting to get a little impatient, and you look and you see around the corner a figure come walking, and it takes you a second to realize that like. You're kind of like taken aback for a second. Like everything that was instilled upon you by Gerald and like and and the whole family is just like slapping you in the face right now because you just see this form of an unobfuscated Valentine and a different change of clothes come walking around, and he does not look like at all like he fits in. He looks like his true self right now, and you see like while he's walking around the corner, you see the group of five people aren't really paying attention. They're not looking that way. You know, you see the guy who sta- who gave the money to still like fucking with the money, still looking around and you see the other five, they're more worried about something that comes from outside the projects than something that would come within. So they're all paying attention to like the parking lot in front. And you see this figure, uh, Valentine come walking around the corner. What are you going to do? Uh, I, I, before I, before anything happens, can I come up to Lenny and say, Lenny, no, 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 there's like, there's like a, there's literally like, like 75, there's like a, like about like 50 yards between you and Lenny right now. Like okay, he's the silhouette of you walking, you know what I mean? You still have a way to get a uh, ways to get to there. And like, sure. and between you and him is this group of five people who are looking out towards the street. I'm just sauntering up. I've got, I've put on a bit of a swagger. My limp's gone, obviously. 
Does he see me? Like, um, give me a perception and alertness roll. Uh, also, Valentine, difficulty five. You you do see uh, Lenny. Lenny, what's the look on your face right now? Like, like, what does he see when he sees you looking at him right now? Okay, so if, I, if he looks at me, there's a look of shock, and I'm just like shaking my head and like I'll wave like my hand a little bit in front of my face. Hopefully that gets the message across. And I'm like shaking my head like, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. I look when at he... you kind of puzzled, like, hmm? raise an eyebrow. That's that's all I can do. I can't like shout it out or anything because then yeah. they'll notice you like immediately. So I'm just like, uh, like hoping you get the message. <laughs> you it's... pick it up. You see like the, the expression on Lenny's face. And Lenny's usually a collected guy. You know what I mean? You haven't seen Lenny like show emotion, outward emotion like this or anything. He's been pretty stoic. And right now you see him waving his hands in front of his face like that, looking kind of panicked in front of you. And you're sitting there for a second and you realize like you're like shit like you know what i mean you, you start realizing that you had this sense before when you spoke with lenny and spoke with katow and you thought you were gonna like look slick and you realize for a second that this has failed you again okay um i'll quickly turn away and kind of crouch down and i will try and use the ability again okay go ahead i'll let you roll yeah. and and i will use a point of willpower because all right what does that bring you to uh, I've still got five left okay, of eight. Cool. So gotcha. a total of two successes, right? Yeah, the one willpower and then, okay, the one from the roll. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, yes, you are able to look like this boy and look, and, and you know what I mean? And I think with two successes with Obfuscate, you can look like the person, right? You may not have their complete mannerisms, but you can look like them. So. Okay, I'll I'll stand back up and look at um, look at Lenny and kind of give him a almost a shoulder shrug, like, huh? That <laughs> <A> better? <laughs> Um, did anyone notice this? No, no, because like I said, the five individuals in the front are like so bent on looking forward to, and I don't want to say too much because the conversation bits that Valentine heard might explain a little bit, you know what I mean? But they're obviously put there because they're watching for something because they feel like they're under attack. They've been, you know, due to random two people found in an alleyway, you know? And so they're, uh, they're they, they didn't notice at this point, so. Okay, well, crisis averted. Uh, I'll just kind of give him a little head nod, like, okay. And uh, I will start walking over in that direction. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. 
We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> 